The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started, then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after-party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. Vic, what's the most rebellious thing you've ever done? Um, when I was at school, I put some funny teeth in for my school photo and I was on the front row smiling and had all like blacked out teeth. Wow. How yeah. old? I was about 15. I got in loads of trouble. It was the annual school photo and me and three <laughs> friends did it. And you can see us right in the front row with all these funny teeth, like <laughs> Billy Bob teeth. Do you remember those? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Kind of like horrible... Rotten old teeth, yeah. We got in big trouble. I didn't get suspended, but it was probably one of the most rebellious things I've ever done. I had to carry on the family tradition because my dad, when he was younger, you know they used to take the school photo in a long shot and move the camera from one side to the other? Okay, yeah. And my dad ran from one side to the <sighs> other, so he was in the school photo twice brilliant. on each end. Yeah, and I think brilliant. he did get in trouble. So I carried on my rebellious tradition by being a weirdo in the school picture. That's probably the most rebellious thing I've done. It's not very exciting, is it? Weirdly, I've also... Ruined a school photo. Oh. My plan was to do it with a mate. We were going to pull the most ridiculous face possible for the photo. It came out, headmaster pulled me into a study, gave me a bollocking. I then looked at the photo. My mate didn't do a funny face. Oh, it's only you. I stitched up, yeah. Oh, but we've got mean. it printed on our walls. That's my yeah. favourite photo that I own of me. <laughs> it was, I ruined it. Like my neck is jutting out this bizarre angle, <laughs> massive smile. I don't know why that's the one they printed. You know, I'm sure yeah. they take like a hundred photos. Yeah, they always do, because that I was the only one that check. they printed with yeah. my school. It was yeah. like one photo. I mean, isn't it sad, Hamish, that that's like the most rebellious things we've ever done? No, the most rebellious thing I've ever done is drug traffic. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not really. No, but no. that is actually the most rebellious thing I've ever done. Yeah, it? <laughs> no, yeah, it probably is. Probably is. To be honest, I didn't drug traffic, but I did, equally as bad, I did help a mate cheat on his A-level French exam. Oh, what? So, How did you do that? Well, it was, it, I think it must have been the listening one, and it was multiple choice. Yeah. So it's A, B, C, D, So, and I was sitting in the seat in front of him. Right. So we had a system that okay. if I scratch my right ear, A, left ear, B, but I like back of my head or something with my pen. So we had all four covered. Oh, and great. Then, and I'm good at French. And oh, got, well done, he, he yeah, because you're got, fluent got, in French, aren't you? You've got 100%, yeah. Oh, well yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I needed you at school singing in front of me. I know. I, I, I love cheating. Quite bad. I actually can't remember which mate of that of mine that is. Well, let's assume he went to Oxford and yeah. like running because, because of that yeah, situation. Yeah. I used to go into exams with my sleeves down and I'd written all of the answers up my forearm yeah. in biro. They I remember, never noticed. I remember people like writing it on their thighs and then going yeah. to the loo 
Oh yeah, looking at their thighs. So we've been on a we've been on a little mission, haven't we, Hamish, since the last episode? Yes, Vic. So it was an unusual situation when I got to set you the sober challenge and I took you to your first ever cricket match. Before we get into what you thought of it, can you explain the rules to me in about thirty seconds? There's something called an over, which is three bowls, is that right? Six, yeah. Oh six, sorry, right. And they play on on the pitch and there's twelve players and 11. I, I know eleven, okay. <laughs> I thought I knew a lot more than I did. They, they get fours and sixes and yeah. ones within one line and ones out of the pitch. How's that? Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Now we went dressed as frogs. Yeah, which <laughs> we did. You really committed to. I, I thought I'll go as a frog. I was assuming you go as whatever you want. No. And when you came out of the bathroom full, it was like a morph suit. Yes. With the eyes. Your face kind of looked like a vagina because you the zit, you had a hood on. And not been, only, that's not the first time someone no, said that. No, it's true. You also dressed up as a penis quite often. <laughs> only a tiny bit of your face was actually, I could see through the hoodie. And then you had your frog goggles on. You're barefoot, you know, inside a morph suit. And um, what did you think of it? It was Sri Lanka, Afghanistan. Well, to be honest, I quite enjoyed it. It was a good day out. Yeah, I was out of the sober comfort zone because everyone's drinking there. And we found out, which was a really interesting thing, was that at stadiums in Australia, they only sell half-strength beer, which I didn't know, which I found quite interesting. In my drinking days, I would have been annoyed about. I've spent hundreds of dollars in stadiums in Australia and not got drunk. So in my drinking days, I was angry about it. Now I'm like, oh, it's actually quite a grown-up thing. It is actually a good thing to do. Yeah, I didn't know that. But there were people there drinking. It didn't bother me. We were sat on our own for a bit up on the the stalls, kind of learning the rules and and watching on in our little frog suits. And then we heard drums and trumpets and we went and joined the Sri Lankan fans down the bottom and had a bit of a dance and were sort of hollering out every now and again and it was a completely different experience so for me that was the fun bit like I didn't really care about the cricket like it was fine and it was just a great environment to be in with loads of happy people cheering on I loved that aspect of it full credit to you you scored an A star in that and that you're sitting quietly at the top and you go hey we need to be downstairs with yep. the drums and the Sri Lankan fans are probably the best fans I've ever sat with mm. the drums and the music was all day. It was amazing. Whatever was happening on the pitch, it did not stop. No. Everyone standing on their chairs, dancing for the matches like three hours. Yep. So we were then there. We met a beautiful couple there, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we met a nice Welsh couple. Yeah. A Welsh couple who, interestingly, inevitably started talking about sobriety because that's all we ever talk about. Yeah. And both of them had lost a sibling to alcoholism. Yeah. So they were really respectful of what we were doing and why yeah. we were there. They were really nice and gentle with us, I yeah. thought. They were really nice people. And so, yeah, and we hung out with Sri Lankan fans who, uh, I was actually um, Zoom calling one of their wives in, yeah. in Sri Lanka, <laughs> <laughs> waving in my frog suit. She thought it was hilarious. Uh, and we had a lovely day. It was just lovely to hang out with you, actually, Hamish, for the nice, day. That was it? enjoyable. We got the train down and we just had a really beautiful day out. It was nice. We got some scooters at one point, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Which was as fun as the cricket, I reckon. Yeah, it was good. Do you reckon you would go to a second game? I'd like to take my son. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. If it was the same sort of level of party, I would. <laughs> I now do to you what I do to my wife, which is by going, hey, Vic, the England score last night was this. Yeah, shut up, I don't care. Yeah, he tried to tell me the scores today. I was like, no, I know I went once, but I'm not now going to be your cricket I'm mate. The, I'm the worst cricket <laughs> recruiter ever. Oh, that's funny. Today, we are causing utter anarchy in our episode and talking about the sober revolution. It's time to polish off the banners, put on your green army jacket, march to the doors of Parliament and declare your allegiance to the sober revolution. 
Yes, comrades, today we want to cause a riot and find out why sobriety is having a social mutiny. It's the greatest line that Vickers Thank ever written. Thank you very much. <laughs> I need to flag it now. <laughs> Take a moment. If you're applauding now, yes, continue stand thank up. you. Shower me in adoration. <laughs> it's about time I was part of a disobedient regime, Vic. It is. I feel quite excited. Let's face it, sobriety has a shocking reputation. Drinkers think that as soon as you quit drinking, you automatically become a hermit and you live in a cave alone and you stop going out, do loads of wordle and have endlessly early nights after drowning copious amounts of tea. That is so true, Hamish. Are you talking about me? Yes. Oh yeah, that is basically (laughs) me. I do like tea and wordle and if I'm not busy overthrowing a corrupt government, I am probably doing a crossword. They come hand in hand. They do, they do. But sober people do have a silly reputation like that. We are consistently fighting against the predetermined notion that all sober people are boring. It's an incorrect stigma that hangs around sober folk like a stagnant fart. But the good news is things are changing and it's very exciting. People are catching on that sobriety fucking rocks. It's TV smashingly brilliant. And the pitchfork bearing marooding crowd is at last being heard. TV smashingly. Does that mean we're so excited we smash our own TVs or it would make a smash TV series? No, it means that you are so excited that you would smash TV. Have you not done that before? No, no I do that if I get overexcited. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, my question really is, is, are the pitchfork bearing crowd sober people? <laughs> yes, they are, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> No, not really, never. (laughs) I think there is a secret society, an underground sober revolution bubbling just underneath the surface. I feel like it's the truth bomb that's almost ready to be dropped on society and destroy our outdated, preconceived ideas about alcohol. Yep, hey, my finger is poised over the big red detonate button. It's almost too radical to inform a whole planet of habitual humans that we've been doing it wrong all these years. Breaking the scandalous news over someone's morning cornflakes that sober is amazing and drinking booze is a complete waste of time might make those sugary flakes difficult to swallow. But I guess this podcast is about sharing this message in small knee scrapes rather than blowing up people's minds with one giant bang. But of course, there's nothing wrong with a giant bang, eh, Hamish? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, wink, wink. Hey, hey. hey. Smut. It's certainly taken me a while to grasp the concept that living alcohol-free could really be better than being a drinker. But I and the rest of the world are starting to catch on. At long last, saying I'll have a fizzy water, please, won't get you funny stares and lack of mates. There really is a sober revolution, and we are part of that social change. You can be too. So today we want to delve into why being sober is a rebellious and very punky thing to do, and how being proud and loud about your unruly choice to go against the grape and grain makes you a hero, a cycle breaker and a riotous revolutionary. I didn't realise how smart against the grape and grain was. Thank you. Yes, I, you, you don't realise the work I put into this, Hamish. I've read that three times. I mean, the third time I realised how clever that was. Uh, let's start by finding out what a revolutionary is. A revolutionary is a person that fearlessly advocates radical change. Revolutionary people and ideas challenge the status quo and might be violent or willing to upset the natural order to achieve their goals. I know I get a bit Fighty, fisty, fighty if I get angry. Smash the t- or, or excited, we found out just yeah, now. Yeah, smash TVs, yeah. <laughs> like the word revolve, it's all about turning things around. Revolutionary leaners want to change the world by any means necessary. 
This sober revolution is people choosing to do something that is against the flow of society. And luckily for us, lots of people are joining the fight. So why do you think more people are going sober, Hamish? What's the reasons? Well, initially, I just think that maybe as a race, we are more evolved than we've ever been. Mm. We're more informed and we're more aware of the risks of a lifetime of drinking than ever before. So I think maybe we're more health conscious as a result of that and we're happy to make decisions which, you know, which seem huge in terms of society, but really it's just not drinking a drink that you used to drink. You know, yeah. it's, it's not huge if you actually really narrow it down. Yeah, I wonder there, sorry to butt no, in there, but I wonder there if it's something to do with having more access to information. Yeah. Like we're being flooded with information, whether it's through Instagram or Facebook or news or everything. We've got access to so much information now that you can't avoid knowing more. Yeah, yeah. you're probably right. I think the young people in particular... I think maybe just ballsier than we were. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, because it seems to be there's more young people are giving up than ever before. And I don't think I would have had the minerals to do that. No. If I was 18, 19, 20, there's no way I would have been able to give up drinking when all of my mates were doing it. I don't think you're like a fully, I, well, I wasn't a fully formed human that could say no to something that everyone else was doing when I was that young. So true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a ballsy thing to do at a young age, to have the confidence to not numb out those first interactions with teenage boys and all, all that kind of mm. stuff. So yeah, it is a ballsy move. I totally agree with you. This is a weird thing to say, and it's something that you said in the podcast, that you're more environmentally conscious since going alcohol-free, yep. which I think could be a reason. I guess it is less bottles, it's less cans, it's yep. your sort of a more holistic life, I suppose. So and true. that's all caught up in it. And I think, look, if the world really is ending, which we're sort of told over and over again, yep. then it's really important to cherish every moment. I get, weirdly, all week I've had this saying in my head, which is just like, just fucking live life. Yeah. Like, that is what going sober is. Like really experience every minute. Soak it up, live it, remember it, enjoy it. Um, and when you are drinking, you don't do that so much. You might yep. think you do because yep. the highs are really high. Absolutely. Yep. But you forget it or you numb it out. Or yeah. it's a night that was amazing, but, you know, that was 10 years ago. And, and then it carries on that night. Like you have that moment, that momentary high, and you have that euphoric moment, which mm. is like two glasses of wine in or two pints of beer in. And then it's downhill from there. Yep. And then you're left with a hangover. So the joy is almost plastered over. It's almost gone because now you're in pain. You're in a world of pain because you've drank too much. So you, you don't stop at that point. You, you peak and then you carry on drinking, which makes you have a come down from it. So it's almost like it's like a, the joy is sucked out. Yeah. Yeah. And my last point, I think generally, I'm not seem too negative, but I think generally people are kind of frustrated and discontented with the world, whether or not it's for environmental reasons or people don't like the politicians in power. Or, you know, yes. People are angry about the way that things are going. Yeah. Um, and although that's obviously a bad thing, it is also a good opportunity for change. You know, when people are frustrated, amazing time to do something wildly different. Yeah. And I think giving up alcohol could be that thing for you. So yep. I think maybe that's why people, more people are giving up. Honestly, I don't really know. No, it's, I think, it, I think awesome you're right, though. it's happening. Yeah, and I think it's a, such a mixture of things, a different, a different, you know, so many different factors involved mm. here. I think one of them is just trend as well. Like, it's trendier. Now, Heaps Norma are a perfect example yeah. of that. Like, making a, an alcohol-free beer trendy is very clever and very difficult to do. So I have full respect for them for doing that. Their marketing and advertising makes 
not drinking cool. And that's where this is going. And that's exciting for me to see that actually you can be considered part of this culture and community without drinking. And that's a really sly move, which I find really intriguing. Um, of course, the pandemic is another reason people are giving drinking because they were forced into address a stay at home drinking problem. If you stayed at home and you drank, there was no, you looked in the mirror every morning with a hangover. There was, you know, there was consequences to that. And it was happening earlier and earlier in the day. So you've come out of that situation and gone, actually, I don't want to do that anymore. Things, something clicked for some people during the pandemic. Lots of people's drinking got worse and it got so bad mm. that they had to address it. I was surprised by that, that, you know, fundamentally the numbers did go down. I thought yep. everyone would drink more. I never split all inside. We're all going to drink more. They did drink more but, in the start. We're going to go into that in a minute. To below, yeah, it? but actually it forced people into addressing a, maybe a long time problem yeah. because they realised it was getting out of control. Yeah, and as you say, like people are more aware of their health, like that holistic thing. Everyone's mm. more aware of, of what's going on mentally and physically, especially mentally. People are more aware of their, their mental health and, and that drinking affects anxiety, it affects depression. So people are looking into that a bit more and definitely the millennials that sort of generation are more willing to self-assess because of that because they have access to more information as we said also we're more aware of consent and the risk factors to do with drinking alcohol there's so much on netflix and shows about perpetrators who prey on women who are out and and have had too much to drink and people are realizing that alcohol can make them unsafe in certain situations mm because there are people out there willing to prey on people. And that's quite scary. So people want to take more care of themselves. It's not just like, oh, make sure you have mates with you anymore. It's like, well, actually, why don't you not drink? Why don't you go out with your mates and not drink? And then you're all safe. And that's a much better thing to do. So I think there's some really good influencers out there who are trying to push that message of, being safe without alcohol, which I think is great. Also, there's more awareness about alcohol in schools and online. I know that I've been asked a few times to go and speak at schools. Oh, really? Yeah, but I haven't done it yet because I'm just too scared yeah. of lots of little faces looking up at me to say the right thing. I'd probably swear. Yeah, <laughs> you might well swear. Yeah, so I haven't quite done that yet. And I'm not sure I'm uh, qualified enough to talk in front of some children, but hey... And parents breaking cycles, of course, like you and I are doing at the moment, that is going to mean there's going to be less people drinking and that means there's going to be a generation coming through in the next you know, 20 years that don't drink and that's going to change everything. So the more people that don't drink now, it's just going to get more and more over the next you know, 20, 25 years. And people are wanting more wholesome pastimes. People are getting more into exercise, more into yoga, more into being present and authentic, all of those things. So they all add up to make this trend really ripple through our society. I think in two ways as well. It's not only people wanting to have more wholesome pastimes, they're also giving up booze gives you so much time like yeah. if you give up you can literally can do all of those things that you wanted to do at the same time you know you could do yoga and meditation and yeah. breath work you know you've got heap all your sunday mornings are back you know yeah. you can do so much more when you give up drinking If you would like to support the Sober Awkward podcast, we're excited to announce that we've joined Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform which allows you to give back for the content you love. By buying Sober Awkward a cuppa once a month, we can keep the giggles coming and continue sharing our sobriety message. By joining Patreon, you get access to Sober Awkward merch, extra content, special promos and loads more. Just find the link in the show notes or head to patreon.com and search for Sober Awkward. And together we could learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway.
I think it's important to dig up some stats so we can gauge what the bubble under the surface is. Why are people quitting booze? Why are attitudes towards sober people more accepting than ever before? I so loved researching this. You know how I love the research. You do, it's your bit. I know because I just find alcohol so fascinating. I just want to know why we do it because it's so fucked up. You love researching more than recording the podcast. I do actually. <laughs> I do. It's like my favourite time of the week. I'm like, oh, getting in some wormhole on the internet. Yeah, because it's transformed so much as well ever since I gave up drinking only five years ago. One of the reasons is that people that don't consider themselves to be alcoholic are stopping before they have an issue. This is huge, Hamish. They're recognising the impact of alcohol and are seeking out healthier lifestyles, like we said. People are more educated about alcohol and they see any form of overdrinking as harmful. We know it is. We've always known it is, but actually we're sort of feeding into it now. We live in a more self-reflective society. People are looking inwards, which means they're getting off the booze bus before it crashes. That's what I'm doing. Yes, exactly what it doesn't have to crash, yeah. Researchers in the UK said abstaining from alcohol was becoming more mainstream among people aged 16 to 24 after the analysis showed a rise in the proportion of non-drinkers. The research found more than 25% of young people class themselves as non-drinkers. Meanwhile, the proportion of lifetime abstainers rose from 9% to 17% in the last 10 years, and that is predicted to double by 2025. I couldn't believe those numbers. That is massive, I know. A quarter of people. And what we said, the pandemic has been a major factor in the rise of sober curious and the sober revolution that we're now experiencing. People in lockdown said their drinking increased dramatically in the first year and the stats showed that the sales were up 40%. But as the epidemic wore on, some were forced to address their newfound stay-at-home drinking problem and sought out support services. So that's how they've got those numbers there, is they've realised that people are going to the doctor and saying, look, I've been in lockdown, I'm out now, and I think I might have a bloody drink problem. Mm. And so many more people are accessing help for their problems now, even if it isn't reaching the point where they're on a dialysis machine in a hospital. They're saying, actually, I don't want to be like this. I know there is something more. And I want to live a full life because we've just been through a pandemic and I feel like this is a problem now. I think it's because we're not that educated in what a drinking problem is. I think we think... An alcoholic means drinking all day, waking up and drinking whiskey at 7am by myself at breakfast. And until I get there, I haven't got a drinking problem. So people just carry on doing what is probably a drinking problem, but not that for years and years before they address it. I'm going to tell you very quickly, Hamish, when I went into therapy for my drinking, right, I knew that day that I'd woken up and it was one hangover too far and I knew I needed help. I went into therapy wanting to become a good drinker. In therapy, she sat me down, the therapist, lovely Diane, and she said, why are you here? That was her first question. And I sort of said, oh, because I'm a little, you know, a bit of a binge drinking mum, blah, blah, blah. She just went, why are you here? This is in my book, actually, I'll give it away, but... And I, I said very quietly, I think I have a problem with alcohol. She was like, speak up, speak up. I was like, I have a problem with alcohol. And that was the first time I'd actually gone, you know, no matter how big or small, I had a problem with alcohol. And that was a real revolutionary moment for me because I understood that I was on that spectrum and that I was part of this community and that's where things changed it. And I think more people are coming around to understand that, the problem doesn't have to be massive for you to have a problem or to reach out for help. Absolutely. 
I think also, Vic, people have become more aware of the fragility of life. So true. We no longer want to numb out our lives and drink away the good times. We want to live a full and happy life because we know how lucky we are to be here. It's what I was saying earlier. Totally. The pandemic was shit and humbled us all a bit. So it's taught us some important life lessons and not drinking alcohol is a part of those. So it seems more people are quitting than ever before. But opposed to the old days where people only gave up drinking because they were an alcoholic, people are now choosing to be sober for different reasons like health benefits it's because it's more acceptable in society to say no in other words you don't have to be an alcoholic to choose not to drink which is exactly what i found out in that therapy session that day this opens up the funnel to a whole new section of people it envelops most people i know actually the social drinkers or the bingers the ones that are reconsidering alcohol And it gives them an opportunity to change. People now understand the concept that you don't have to be an alcoholic to quit drinking. And that, Hamish, changes everything. Yeah, I really hope that people reach out who have done that. You know, I kind of feel like I'm the only person that I know that has given up without a problem. Yeah. It'd be nice. A few people have said to me privately since the podcast, hey, I think I'm going to do a month or I'm going to do six months. And it'd be cool to hear from people who have just normal drinkers like most of their mates and give up just to see what it's like, explore it. The normal drinkers are allowed to give up as well. That's the interesting thing, isn't it? Yes, the movement is getting bigger because the net has been broadened. Exactly. So let's have a little chat and discover the reasons why being sober is much cooler than being a drinker, Vic. What do you think? Why is being sober a super cool, revolutionary thing to do, Hamish? Well, I've got me thinking about what cool is. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's so, a good question. Which I don't. I don't love the phrase "cool" because I think it's like. A do you think goal. I'm cool? Yeah, I think you're cool. Why do you think I'm cool? Because of what cool is. Right. Cool <laughs> is something that not many people are doing. Is what I think. Otherwise, okay, everyone's yeah. cool. Okay. Cool needs to be on a. It has pedestal. to be elite, almost. It, elite, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Most people drink. So by not drinking. I think it's cool. I think you're revolutionary. I think you're going against the Mm. groping grain, to use your earlier joke. Yeah. Um, And I think because also of that fact, the fact most people do it, it's obviously a difficult thing to not do. So you're doing something that most people do, and you also have beaten a challenge that most people find too challenging to even take on. So true. Two reasons that I think it is cool. I also like it because I like having the responsibility. You know, you mentioned earlier there's this label that sober people are boring. I like that weight on my shoulders. Okay, I yes. like having that responsibility it's a challenge. to prove people yeah. wrong. Yeah. And maybe I go too far and actually I'm like trying to be super fun in front of people like the doubters to prove them wrong. But you're but an I'm ad- okay yeah. with that. You're an advocate for that. Yeah. Yes. yes. Absolutely. That is maybe the thing that I'm most enjoying in this whole thing, actually. Yeah. It's also given me the chance to focus more on being the best husband, dad and friend and employee possible. Mm. Your mate of mine that's staying at mine this weekend said to me yesterday, what have you found the best thing about your sobriety? And I think it's the knowledge that this is the best possible thing I could do for my wife and my child yeah. today. That is the number one. And it's and we talk about smugness. So I am gratifying myself every day, passing myself on the back every day. No, not like that, Vic. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Um, <laughs> but like patting myself on the back every day, I'm doing a good thing. I know if it's a good thing, I'm doing it. I've also found that once you give up, you miss it less and less. You know, you're, you're, you become more aware of the downsides of that life beforehand and you just find it easier. Yeah. And it's to get that clarity. So you're like, well, why would I do that now? In fact, my husband, John, very quickly, yeah. he's 
pretty much given up drinking now. And the other night we were out and they didn't have any alcohol for any beers. And I said, I said to him, I don't mind if you have a normal beer. And he just said, I don't want to anymore. Yeah. He said, I, I just feel like I can't really be bothered with it. And like, so I didn't want to fit, make him not drink. That wasn't ever my plan, but it's just happened naturally. And that's sort of leads into what you're saying there. Yeah. It's like you learn that it's actually just better without it, whether you're a problem drinker or not. And my goal in life has always been in whatever I do or my, whatever I job, be somehow improve the world, somehow make mm. a difference. I think there's very few jobs or things that you can do in your life which really do, you know? Yeah. And this has been it for okay, me. Okay, great. So yeah, my sobriety has, I know, inspired my friends to start thinking about it. Um, my family, some of our listeners also reassessing their drinking habits. And um, I think that's so cool. You know, when yeah. you're sober, what you say actually matters yeah you can say something wonderful for someone when you're drunk and it does not land so like whatever true. you're just drunk whereas when you say sober things or you say sober things when you're sober and speak people listen and know it's authentic and know it's yeah. valuable and know it's coming from a good place yeah um so i think that is sort of why this is literally the best thing i'm doing in my life right now it's because it's really making a difference it's because you trust yourself because you're not drinking so you're never going to do anything like that's going to annoy anyone or like you can remember everything so you learn to trust yourself and that means other people trust you too yeah, yeah it's a good feeling yeah it's definitely a healthier choice i know that now because i feel generally healthier and that's a funny a cycle there that health thing because you feel healthier so therefore you want to do more exercise and you want to do more exercise yes. so you want to do more exercise and that really tumbling effectless more longer you are sober. And I find that is kind of a cool thing to do. I never thought exercise was cool when I was a drinker, of course, but now I really enjoy feeling fit and healthy. And that leads me to want more of it. And actually, it does feel against the grain like you talked about. It does feel like a punky thing to do. I know people think it's boring and they would say we're the most unpunky people in the world. But, you know, I'm going to get a mohawk next week. I think I've decided I'm going to paint my hair green. I'm going to wear pins in my ears. Oh, I'm going to yeah. get a leather jacket and I'm going to spit at people. That's nice. I'm going to become proper punk. Yes. Yeah. Very rebellious. And also, sometimes with drinking, it feels like you've done it. You've mm -hmm. completed it, like yeah. your friend yeah. said. And for me, I definitely completed drinking. It was time for something new. And I think people are feeding into that as well. That feeling of like, oh, I'm done it. I don't need to force this drug down my throat anymore. I don't want to feel like shit. Mm. And of course, being in the present is one of the main things like you with your family, Hamish, being present with my kids, exactly the same. I think understanding the science behind alcohol, all that research and those podcasts with William Porter and everything, they sort of instill my pride in sobriety because you get to understand really what it's doing to you there's a brilliant podcast i'm going to recommend it now which is the huberman lab they did one on it's a great this amazing doctor guy who did one on alcohol listen to it because that really is the backbone of what alcohol is doing to your body and why you react to it and why you drink and why you want more so definitely listen to that everybody seeing it as a big con does help me when i see everybody out pouring booze down their necks i'm like guys come on like we don't need to do this anymore and the whole advertising of it and the money that's invested in it all saying come on everybody let's all drink it's all fun until it turns nasty and you're pointed at because it's shameful yeah, yeah. so where's the tipping point there where is it that drinking's okay and then suddenly it's not and you're a shameful person at home on your own drinking on your own there's no line in between it's like we all feed into this big con that alcohol's okay until it gets bad and then you're a bad person and I just find the whole 
con of it really toxic and it really puts me off it. So if you're about to drink and you think about that, about the whole manufacturing of it and how it's all pushed on us when we go out as this social crutch, actually it's a load of old bullshit. And you we shouldn't... should make a TV advert yeah. that shows the truth yeah, the truth. Not that first drink I was in the bar in the sun having Yay, cider. Ha, ha. We should do the end of the night. The end of the yeah. night, yeah. Because it, is, it isn't all that, all of us laughing no. at a table with a martini. It doesn't end up like that. Yeah. And that is not shown. Yeah. So that's the big con. That's what's being sold to you. There's a Grey Goose advert on at the moment. This guy, you know, he's in paradise and he's having this drink and everything gets better with the drink and his world becomes this sort of beautiful utopia with each sip. I'm just thinking, this is fucking bollocks. Mm. We know that he's going to get to the end of that train and just be like puking in a gutter yeah. and, and not feeling well and, and probably have mental health issues. Yeah. Like, that's the seriousness yeah. of it. So think about fighting the big corporations and not drinking because of that reason because actually that's a bloody good reason in itself. Yeah. I do think I'm going to get a few banners and go outside Parliament and chart, you booze, you lose. What do we want, Sudoku? When do we want it? Before 8pm. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going to chart, Hamish. I get to know me and how awesome I am and how wonderful the world is, like appreciating life, what you said, live it. And that smug knowledge that I feel a bit superior and because I know the secret, I do feel like I know a special secret, Hamish. Everyone says that. Yes, it's Every I sober feel person like I speak to says that. I it's feel like, like the big secret. Superpower. It is, it so is. I don't want to waste money anymore. I look better, I smell better, better relationships. I have boundaries. The list goes on why sober is cool. I feel like I'm part of something exciting being part of this sober, curious community. And I'm proud to be doing something good for myself and good for the community. Like you wanting to do, you know, leave a legacy behind, yeah, Hamish. Yeah. I know that in my heart, being sober is the right thing to do. And that gives me a real inner strength. They're not small things we're talking about mm, here, are they? Huge. Why sober is cool or why we're revolutionaries by doing this. These are huge life-changing things. There are so many benefits, Hamish. There's literally not anything I can think of that's negative. I mean, sure, the first few weeks are hard and tough and you're a bit lost without your social crutch. But once it clicks in, there is a party in my pants and I couldn't be more proud of it. <laughs> Sobriety builds confidence and allows you to forge through your life with self-assurance. And that is unbreakable. And that, my friend, is why sobriety is becoming popular. It allows people to see how bloody amazing they truly are. It's interesting, isn't it? If you were to ask people, do you value your physical and mental health? 99% of people will say yes. Oh, cool, what do you do? Oh, I do yoga. I go to the gym three times a week. Nice. Do you drink? Yeah, I get smashed on Friday night. I get <laughs> yeah. smashed on Saturday yeah. night. I'm hungover all day Sunday. Yeah, and I have I'm a finchy. panic attack. and yeah. yeah. Most people would say that, I yeah. think. Yeah, and, that, and that's for some reason we're growing up in a society where that's okay to fuck yourself over every weekend, yeah. like to ruin yourself to the point where you feel mentally unwell. Yeah. I know I sound like I'm up on a pedestal here, like chanting down like they do in London, but actually I do get a bit fierce about this because mm. it is a con and we are we do have to fight against it in our culture because it is a booze-worshipping culture that we live in and we do need to stand up and fight against that because our children deserve to have a choice. Yeah. yeah. And if you're a drinker and you're listening to this, we're not telling you off. What we're trying to do is give you the opportunity to give it a try. Yeah. Try it for a month. See if you see it the way that we see it after a month. Maybe you will. Yeah. Maybe you won't. I think you probably will. Though. I think it's worth a try, as exactly as you said. Like we've done drinking for years. Like maybe try not drinking and see how see how that feels. And email us and tell us how does that feel. Yeah. 
as I'm sure there will not be one negative answer. So what good stuff should future sober revolutionaries expect to feel when they decide to join the campaign? Vic? Mm. The first point is that you feel free. That is so true. I mean, you do grieve alcohol for a little while. Mm. You have to go through the seven stages of grief and sort of bid farewell to that party girl. But once you have let go of that, you do feel liberated from its clutches, Hamish. It's very similar to becoming a parent. Part of you yes. grieves the like the pre-parent you. I guess the same with booze. You kind of grieve the pre-sober you. Yeah, but, but then I think back and think, oh, I thought it was fun, but what would I grieve there? What, me with my head in a toilet or me sort of being, you know, the human podium, which I haven't talked about for a while, which was my favourite trick when I was out, when I would get the whole nightclub to stand yeah, on my back. nice. I mean, why would I grieve that? <laughs> <laughs> we talk about grief here, but what, what, I'm grieving a hangover? I, I don't... I probably grieved it in the beginning, but now I'm through the process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't take too long. Doesn't take long. One of the major things for me, which is why I had to stop drinking, was my anxiety. And when you do stop, you actually feel less social anxiety. And you begin to realise you were drinking just because you felt awkward or because everyone else was. Then you start going out sober and comprehend that you can socialise better without alcohol. That is the big one. That is a huge you one. You literally feel like you are becoming a better human being with every sober social thing that you go to and you don't drink and you're still chatty and you're still fun and people yeah. still want to be in a conversation with you. Now, I can do this sober. I'm becoming a better human yeah. being. I'm <laughs> upgrading. I hate us. I mean, we, I was listening to this podcast. I think, who are these wankers? Yeah, these Ricks. fucking wankers telling me how bloody brilliant sober life is. Yeah. But it does. It feels rebellious and exciting when you get those wins under your belt. That's it. Well, you can still be the same person. You can still go out. You can still be funny. You can still dance. You can still be a joke and a storyteller. Yep. And you can do it sober. In fact, you could probably do it better sober. As soon as you realise that, that's when that smugness comes back. Yes. Yay, yay for smugness. <laughs> When you go out sober, you are truly who you are, a person without shame and regret that is present in every choice you make. Being real is liberating as well. It's just, it's who you were before booze and that's your true self and that's a lovely person to be. You are part of something amazing, a solid crew of like-minded people making the world a happier and healthier place. Be excited rather than full of dread about sobriety. This is the best thing you will ever do and it is the opposite of boring. What is the opposite of boring, Hamish? Tantalising? Breathtaking. No, electrifying. A fan dab of dozy. A fan dab of dozy. Fan dab of dozy. That's a bit out of your time. No, isn't I do it? remember do that. Do you remember fan dab? I think it was from like Saturday Club or something like that. I don't know. dozy. Yeah, so it is tantalising, it is breathtaking, and it is electrifying, and definitely fan dab dozy, Hamish. All of the above. I'm so glad this topic is trending right now. It's nice when something positive is happening in the world, Hamish. I know. Let's get positive things trending for once. Yeah. I love that we play a small part in informing people about the pitfalls and damage that alcohol can do. I hope our mini Sober Awkward Revolution reaches the ears of those that really need to know that sober is not boring at all. It's rebellious and absolutely worth fighting for. And the way you can help support the revolution that will not be televised is to get sober and talk about it. A lot. Maybe not as much as us. Not as much no. as us, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Don't stand on a pedestal and point at people. No pitchforks needed here. Just your authentic voice telling the world what you did and why. Even if it's just a mate. Share your sobriety and rebel against an industry that kills three million people every single year. And Stand up for your right to have a full, long and happy sober life. 
Yes. Now, Vic, I have got you a gift. Why? I was meant to give it to you last episode when I go out from Singapore. Yeah. And I forgot. Singapore? Oh, yeah, yeah from your England trip. That's yeah. why I, I, I thought, have you been to Singapore without telling me? <laughs> yeah, every weekend. Always getting out. Always got a big box. Yes. Yeah. This has been recommended. I've got a friend that lives in Singapore. Okay. Singapore, you may or may not know, has oh, got a it. huge tradition of tea drinking oh, because yes. a lot of Indians have moved there. And yes. obviously, a lot of Brits yep. both brought their different styles of tea. This is the best tea in the world, what? supposedly. And this particular one is the best one that they sell. The best tea in the world. Look at the bag. Are you for what real right now? Look at the bag. The finest teas of the world. So it's got to be true, isn't it? TWG 1837 Grand Cru Prestige. It's like a champagne. It does. Though I wanted to get Vic a gift. I thought, oh, is it wow. too cliche to Moroccan give a tea? Moroccan mint is like my favourite tea yeah, as well, Hayes. They actually have a few different mint teas there, but I that's the best. I can smell it already. I know. I know. Oh, we're going to have to stop this recording now because we're going to go and have a cup of tea at the <laughs> Yeah, a couple of pints recordings. of tea. Yeah, a couple of pints of tea. Neckham, we'll do some shots yeah. of tea. I didn't want to be too cliche and give you tea, but then I go no, past a tea shop. No, it's my favourite. I walked into a few tea shops. I went, there's a few in, in Rome I walked into. I thought... Is it too cliche? But you no, do love tea. A great favourite. This fine TW green tea is perfectly blended with suave and strong Sahara mint. Yeah. A timeless classic. I'm a bit of a timeless classic as well, aren't I? Established in 1837. Amazing. That is such a beautiful gift. I will cherish it and I will drink it with joy. I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you. That's what oh, I hope. Thank you, Hamish. Right, let's, let's pop off and do that yeah. then. Well, one quote before we go. Oh, quote. Yes, it's Bob Marley. She's so Marley. excited about her tea. She's forgotten yeah, the last page. Yeah, I've forgotten page. the quote. <laughs> it's by my favourite singer, Bob Marley. I love Bob Marley. I love any reggae, as you probably all know, because I quote him often. It says, it's to do with our revolutionaries, Better to die fighting for freedom than be a prisoner all the days of your life. Yeah, so nice. join the fight, people. It is like a fight being sober because you are confronted by lots of different obstacles throughout your life with it. But it is worth it. And, you know, keep fighting for it. Yeah, me, it's worth Vic it. and Bob. Come join us. Yeah, come and join us and Bob Marley. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. fix has got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it, and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Amish. Bloody hell. How do they share it? I don't know. Just write it on.